Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Early Read College Football Week 4 edition special show today we're doing two guests as you can see we are joined by thor nystrom of bettingpros.com the creator of the atl the adjusted thor line thor does a ton of great content for him so make sure you follow him on twitter at thor ku we're gonna talk some power rating adjustments heading into conference play and the such and then talk about our game of the week our marquee matchup tennessee versus florida and then we're gonna bring on cody williams from fan sided to break down the rest of the week four card including some big 10 plays and some weeknight plays on Thursday and Friday because we have some college football that's taking place during the week. So, Thor, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. How's it going? Yeah, it's going well. Good to be with you. Happy to talk some college football. Yeah. Uh, so, Thor, like I said, you create the adjusted Thor line, you know, your power ratings and such, and it's kind of a great debate in the betting community on how much do you weigh priors, when do you start adjusting in the 2022 data points, and – each team's played around three, four games. Is this the week where you start to transition through? Because that's when I start to lean a little bit more in because you see teams, you see what's on the field. The numbers are starting to tell a story of the team. How do you weigh it going into week four? It's it's a great question. This is where the percentage of what you're waiting for this season begins to jump, right? Like after week one, I, I think in my thing, it's only 10% the first game, mm-hmm. 90% the year before. Then you're maybe up to 25% after the second game. Now we're starting to jump up where it's way more than half, you know, and and pretty soon we're going to be at 100% of, of this year's results. Wanted to, to even, and this is a philosophical, you know, you mentioned philosophical, yeah. a philosophical thing for this year with people putting together power rankings is over the offseason, as you know, we had unprecedented player movement. So the, the aggression to which you fold in this year's results over last year's, it's going to be even more aggressive this year. And so, I, you know, I was talking about that with, with our data scientists at work who were the ones that work on the the, to- the systems, you know, yeah. I have a total one as well, and talking about we need to be more aggressive with baking in the percentages for this year, this season in particular, because of that unprecedented movement where last year, for some of these teams, it's not quite as relevant what they did last year because they had a totally different staff and a totally different roster. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I mean, you see, like, week one, for example – 
maybe a team, you know, bad matchup, lays an egg, you know, something happens. And then you see week two and week three, it kind of normalizes more to where you expected the team to be. And now that all makes sense. And now you start to weigh that into your week four rating. You've seen enough on the field and you start to get more of a legitimate number, in my opinion. So, yeah, I agree 100 percent. I'm at around, I think, like 55 percent this season where I still weigh the priors because, you know, there still might not be a full story told yet, but it's starting to take over a little bit more. So I completely agree with you. So I'll ask you this. Who's one riser and who's one faller based more on this season's uh, profile, maybe weighed against your priors? Well, one of them is Nebraska. And you might be surprised (laughs) to hear that because Nebraska had the bad record last year. Mm -hmm. But as you know, Nebraska's second order wins were way above what their actual win total was last year. You know, it's like every single game they were losing by three points, but the post game win expectancy, they'd be at 60%, yeah. 65%, whatever. So last year's profile for Nebraska was actually quasi impressive. And the more that they, they lose that by this year, nothing has been impressive. <laughs> They, they, they didn't blow out the FCS team. They lost to a Northwestern team, which we now we, we now know that Northwestern team is garbage. They mm-hmm. lost to Georgia Southern, who just got smacked around by UAB, I, yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, not a great team either. So them losing uh, or, th- or them gaining more and more in their profile of the percentage from this year is going to hurt them more and more as we go along. They dropped 15 spots. My power ratings this week. Miami dropped uh, 13 spots. They got a little bit unlucky against it. Or I, I don't know if I want to say unlucky, but – they were the first team since the year 2000 to have more than, I think it was more than 20 first downs without scoring an offensive touchdown in that game. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see if they can figure it out on offense. But those were a couple ones. Toledo dropped 13 spots when they got drop kicked by Ohio State. Some of the teams that jump on the other side, uh, I, I don't know if you know, I went to the University of Kansas for undergrad. They, they were my biggest jumper this week. They jumped 19 spots in, in my rankings, up to 64 um, you know, after after beating Houston week before you beat West Virginia, the more that last year's results get sloughed off and then you're just counting this one, the more that Kansas is going to jump. Yep. This coming week, they play Duke at home. After that, they play Iowa State and TCU at home. This is a team who has a real shot to be 6-0, and which is just absolutely crazy. But yeah, I mean, you, you'll bake those things in more. And then a couple teams like lower on down, UNLV was a big jumper this past week, Tulsa. And Tulane would be three, you know, the probably the three biggest G5. They were the three biggest G5 jumpers in my system. Yeah, I think you make a great point on Kansas. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. But Lance Leipold comes in last year, and you know this very well, from Buffalo. Comes in after the spring game. So I kind of gave him a mulligan going into this season. Like, this was his first real season coaching, a full offseason, really entrenched there. And it's paying off dividends. Guy was a great coach at Buffalo, and now he's doing great work uh, in Lawrence. And then for UNLV, and I was going to ask you this. The Mountain West might be wide open this year. Air Force drops a game at Wyoming last week. And um, Fresno State, they lose Jake Hayner. It said, um, Jeff Tedford said it was only a high ankle sprain. He might be out four to six weeks, but they're about to start conference play. So I had a preseason future dart on San Jose State at long odds. UNLV, I know they're now sitting inside 20 to one or so, but that Mountain West might be wide open. And UNLV, you make a great point. They are... um, one a friend of the show because I bet them against uh, Cal two weeks ago, but they look very, very impressive. They have a lot of transfer talent and starting to show, like you said, in the ratings. So those are two I think worth kind of expanding on. And now let's turn it though into our marquee matchup because I think talking about Tennessee and Florida from this idea of how do you rate them in 2022? Because Tennessee comes in with a lot of expectation this season. Year two of Josh Heupel, Hendon Hooker looked great. Is he a dark horse Heisman candidate? And 
they've lived up to the hype so far. They beat up on their two cupcakes, and then they went to Pitt and won in overtime. Not an easy place to play whatsoever. Florida, on the other hand, they we don't really know what you're getting into with Billy Napier first year. They get that big win over Utah. They look amazing. And it's all been downhill from there. Uh, they lose the disheartening game to Kentucky. They should have lost to South Florida last week. They're now going on their first true road game to Knoxville. Place going to be rocking. How do you rate these two teams specifically? Because I think it's an interesting conversation because Florida already looks like they're trending in the wrong direction. They sure do. Yeah. Um, you know, Indiana, if you look at second order wins, Indiana has been the luckiest team in the country. I think they're plus one, uh, 1.6. They're a three and O team that, that should be one and one and two. Uh, F- Florida is a team that, that is a two and one team that absolutely could be Oh, and three. They, oh, their yeah. second order win, you know, differential isn't quite as high, but they've been super duper lucky. L- like you said, I, I watched that whole USF game. They, they real, I mean, USF almost had them dead to rights there and they yeah. pulled it out at the end. Utah was the same sort of thing where they were down. If, if Richardson hadn't put on the cape and if there hadn't been a wonky call in the end zone on the end at the interception, seemed, or a no call, it seemed like it should have been maybe a pass interference. Mm-hmm. That, that game could have flipped too. So I, I think uh, Florida is a little bit puffed up just by by their record, which which is better than objectively it should be. Tennessee, we haven't seen them against too many legitimate opponents, like you're saying. Like the, the one game was at Pitt, but – you mentioned it like Pitt gave them a lot of trouble. Yeah. Tennessee needed to overcome Pitt at the very end of that game to pull it up. Pitt was leading for a, a large swath of it. Um, but I do trust Tennessee more just looking at, you know, at this specific game. When when the line dropped, it actually dropped in single digits, which I was surprised about. Insane. Yeah. And it, the sharp betters very quickly uh, made Vegas pay for that and hammered uh, Tennessee right out of the gate. Went from nine, nine and a half, although, you know, up to 11 now. That's the fair line. My, my my line in this game is is Tennessee minus ten and a half, um, but I, I trust Tennessee even more and 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 Florida even less than probably my numbers do. Yeah. So so if it was me, I'd probably have this thing closer to Tennessee by fourteen. That a couple keys for me. Tennessee does have a couple uh, injury things that you have to look into. You need to know if Cedric Tillman and Jabari Small, but particularly Cedric Tillman what their what you know their status is coming into this week they also had a couple cornerbacks out in their last game uh particularly warren burrell we got to check on his status see if he's playing this week and then on the other side with florida starting right tackle was out last week and then the more important one ventrell miller whenever yeah. ventrell miller is in the lineup florida's defense plays way up i'm not talking about this year i'm talking about going back multiple mm-hmm. years they play way up whenever ventrell miller is out of the lineup that defense plays way down if, mm-hmm. if Ventro Miller is not on the field on Saturday, uh, Florida might be in some some deep, deep trouble. Yeah, I think that when you talk about Florida, doesn't Anthony Richardson, since that week one game, something looks off with him. Is he First of all, he's a very injury-prone player from his one year last year. He got hurt in very limited action. I think he might be – there's something off with him. The accuracy is off. He's not taking off and running as much. There's something off there. But now as we kind of turn the page to talk about this matchup, Tennessee a minus 11 favorite, like you said, total hover around 62 and a half. This is a different situation uh, that Florida has been in the past two games. They were a considerable favorite against Kentucky. They were a massive favorite against South Florida. And Billy Napier's MO from uh, Louisiana Lafayette was great as an underdog. Guy's a cash cow when it comes to covering the spread as a dog. Is this now the situation he wants to be in where the expectation isn't to win with margin? It's actually the play up to your competition and maybe stay alive and, you know, get your, you know, motivate your team. So that's why I, you know, like you said, your number, I think you said 10, uh, 10 and a half for Tennessee yep, or 12. 10 and a half. Yep. 
Yep. My number is out to 13, but I'm not rushing to lay it with Tennessee just because of that Billy Napier. They're back in this underdog spot. I'm not rushing to play against this because there is talent on this Florida team, even if they are a little banged up. We'll see what happens. So, Thor, I will turn to you here. Total 62.5, Tennessee minus 11. Where are you going here? This is the play that I actually like in this game. I, I do like the over. My my total on this game, my systems total is 72. Oh, so okay. I'm showing an overlay of almost 10 points towards the over. And and then if Ventrell Miller's not playing, you have severely compromised Florida's defense in addition to that. But, mm-hmm. at, you know, Hypo and Tennessee, they're going to want to get out and run and turn this game into a basketball game. I don't think that Florida is going to be able to stop that. And like I mentioned as well, Tennessee has some concerns with the health of their cornerbacks. You want to check on that as well. But I, I just feel like this game script is pointing at at an overtype thing. Um, I, th- that's just where I think it's going to go. Yeah. With, with Richardson, you, your point is well taken. High variance player. The one thing he had to clean up was his accuracy. In the first game, it was like all that, especially in the second half at the the end of it, it it was like that stuff was all gone. And he was just that first round guy that we wanted him to be. But it was unrealistic to expect that second half against Utah, Anthony Richardson was going to be the Anthony Richardson that we got then for the next 11 games this season. So you are going to get those peaks and valleys, unfortunately. And sometimes you're going to have those, those lesser performances against a bad team like USF which allows them to pull up and then be competitive with you. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm looking the same way as you. I'm not going full game over. I'm going Tennessee team total over. I haven't – I just the implied total, it's around 36 and a half, 37 and a half. I have not seen this total drop yet, but anything below 38, I think, is my look in this game just because I don't know if I could trust Florida's defense. You make a great point about the Tennessee secondary. Maybe they're a little banged up. But I agree with you. This reeks of track meet. This reeks of Tennessee. They play at one of the fastest tempos in the entire country on a plays per minute basis. They're going to want to run. They have the weapons on the outside to challenge Florida. I just can't see Florida keeping Tennessee's offense off the field and then Tennessee not scoring. So I'm with you on the over. I just trust Tennessee's unit a little bit more. So I'm going strictly team total over. So there's our Tennessee-Florida breakdown for you. Me and Thor both looking similar way here. Thor's on the full game over, 62 and a half. I'm looking at the team total over, that 36 and a half, 37 and a half range. Anything 38 or below works for me. Thor, before I let you go, I want to talk underdogs. We're always looking for, you know, something live. Yours might be a little, little bit aggressive, maybe not on the money line. But I want to ask you, who's your favorite underdog look this week? You're looking on Friday night. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like the underdogs I like this week are you're sort of alluding to it, like the crappiest teams in the nation, <laughs> like the the hold your nose and jump teams. One of the big discrepancies that my system found in terms of the the numbers early on this week was Nevada heading to Air Force. Um, mm-hmm. That the line on that game, I, I actually don't have the, the live lines in front of me, but my line is uh, uh, Air Force minus twenty one and a half. It at least was twenty five before. I'm expecting 20, that thing is 24. 24 is the market number. Oh, okay. apparently some sharps agree with me on, <laughs> on, on back in Nevada. Okay. So, so that line's come down by a point over the last 24 hours. I do like Nevada in this game. Nevada, you know, usually you, you have this, this problem with going from the one opponent to playing the triple option team. Well, last week, Nevada played the closest thing to a triple option. It's not a triple option team in Iowa. It's the yeah. same downhill, you know, run, run, run every single play. They acquitted themselves okay against Iowa. You know, they I, 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 they didn't score a point, but at least in terms of, you know, run fits and yeah. stuff like that, not giving up the explosive runs, they did that. I think it was 27 to nothing. 27 to nothing, yeah. 
Yeah, 27 not. But Nevada's a bit more I, I I don't know how to put this. It's gonna be sort of uh feigning with damn praise, but they're they're better than I thought they would be because I thought they would be like literally a bottom three team in yeah. the country when when everybody left. But this Nevada team is running more than the last one. You know, Norvell was all the the throw, 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 Carson Strong, Romeo Dubes, et cetera, et cetera. Now the uh the running back to Atawa, he gets you know, 20 plus touches every single game. They, they're doing a better job, at least of, they're not as nearly as good, of course, but they're doing a better job of trying to control the clock and situational football, stuff like that. I also think their defense is just a little bit better than I thought. And 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 the, the other point I want to make is the NCAA rule change over the uh, off season where they banned the cut blocks outside the tackle box, the teams that that really, really hurt was the military academies running the triple oh, option. Gross. And, and we have seen this manifest in some of the games already. Those teams aren't playing as good as we thought they were going to play. Navy lost to effing Delaware at home. Uh, <laughs> you know, and like, I mean, you look at some of the, like last week, Air Force got upset by Wyoming. Yeah. So I, I don't think the power rankings have accurately baked in the, the amount to which that rule change has hurt the triple option teams. Laying an enormous number like this, you're you're really taking a chance if you're doing it with with one of those teams where you know the game script is going to be run and you know that they're a little bit compromised by the, these rule changes. And 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 just since that one is not a money line one, to be clear, I'm not picking Nevada to upset them. I do like them with the points, but I will give you an, uh, uh, another one where it's a okay, money line bonus pick, and it's an even worse team. Um, I like Hawaii. To go into New Mexico State, <laughs> the true toilet bowl matchup of the season. That, yes, that is the worst matchup on the board this week. <laughs> of, of the season, arguably. Like, yeah. Th- those are two of the bottom three teams in my power rankings in the entire country. Mm. FAU or FIU, I'm sorry, mm. is the is the third one. But I think Hawaii is the better team. I, I've I've happened to watch a bunch of New Mexico State so far. Actually, a bunch of Hawaii, too, because you always watch them because they're the only yeah. one on super-duper late. But New Mexico State, like, they played uh, Minnesota in the opener. I, I watched all that one because I'm coming to you live from, from Minneapolis. <laughs> and then one of the other New Mexico uh, State games, I ended up watching just a ton of. That's Against Nevada, that, that, yeah. that's exactly it. Um, it they're, it, especially on offense, they're, they make your eyes bleed. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's one of the worst FBS offenses that I've ever seen. They don't have talent at the skill positions. They don't have talent on the th- – their offensive line is an abomination. <laughs> and the quarterback that they thought was going to make up for all of it is this kid they signed named Diago Pavia, who was a, a good Juco quarterback last year. Diego Pavia should not be quarterbacking in FBS. Nor no, they need the other kid. They need the other kid. He's great. Frakes is okay. Frakes yeah, can at least push the ball. Yeah, he, he he can at least push the ball down the field mm-hmm. a little bit. And he, he can move a little bit, but I mean he's no great shakes either. They should go or no great frakes, if you will. <laughs> they should definitely go with him going forward. But if, you know, e- either way, Hawaii definitely objectively has more talent than they do. They should mm. be, you know, their receiving core is actually pretty good at, at Hawaii. We'll see if if now the quarterback can get them the ball. But they finally pulled the plug on Brendan Schrager. I think now they're going to Joey Yellen. I don't know if they've announced anything else, but Chang has been trying some different stuff. He's going to hit on something eventually where they'll at least be able to beat the dregs of, of the thing, of the FBS. And, and I think that this is a good opportunity to do it. I, I think Kawhi should be favored. My numbers do too. Yeah, high variance team. Like maybe just like forget the point. Just take the money line, get a bigger payout exactly. that way. Yeah. Uh, so Thor, you said earlier that you upgraded Kansas and you went to Kansas and I understand that. I can't lay this many points with them against Duke. I understand the situation. Uh, I'm taking Duke at over a touchdown. I make this game closer to six with Kansas. 
And I think that there's something to be said that Kansas beat West Virginia and beat Houston as considerable underdogs. This is a complete change of script for them. Now they're expected to win. And I'm not saying Kansas is bad. I'm not saying Duke is going to win or anything. But just within a score, and this is a Duke team that went to Northwestern, who also may not be that great, but they went to Northwestern and won. And I watched the entire game pretty conservative. They were the much better team that day. Uh, Mike Elko has this defense humming. The offense looks good with Riley Leonard. And I looked this up, Kansas. Seven straight losses, uh, seven straight non-covers as a favorite. The last time they were, they won outright as a favorite against an FBS team, 2014. So this is a rarity for the Jayhawks. I understand that they are trending in the right direction, but I'm going to be going against them here. This is just over a touchdown. This looks like a closer than expected, probably a higher scoring than expected game too. I think each team could probably break high 20s, maybe 30. So Thor, I will let you tell me why Kansas is going to lay the smack down on Duke. By the way, game day should have been there. Game day absolutely should have been there. Yeah, I mean, the week before you're in Boone to watch Appalachian State and Troy, and, and now you can't cover a game between 200 two hundred power five teams? Two basketball teams. Come on. And Kansas also has a uh, BCS Bowl win in the last 15 years. I'll, yeah. I'll remind everyone out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm probably with you, unfortunately. Uh, my number on this game is Kansas minus 7.1. Okay. So it, I, I can't lay more than a touchdown, certainly. And it's more – respect for duke like mm -hmm. it, it seems like now kansas is getting all, all the attention deservedly so they, they went on the road and they upset two at least decent teams on you know on the road back to back but like it's like nobody's talking about duke now duke has also jumped up mm -hmm. you know and, and and having to lay this many points i i, I agree with your assessment that i think that this is going to be a closer game one way or the other i'm certainly hoping that the kansas for real pulls it out and goes to four and all but it, it's a difficult scenario, like you said. Last week was a difficult scenario, and they overcame it, which is back-to-back -back road games as an underdog. They won both of them outright. But now, yeah, you, you flip it to the next week, and now for the first time in a decade, people are pumping your tires. It's yeah. good to be a Kansas football player. That you know, all week on campus, they're going to be telling them how great they are, and they're going to they're going to leave this month undefeated and all this sort of stuff. It's a tough proposition now facing this Duke team that's way better than, than people think. You wouldn't expect Kansas to overlook them. Uh, I, I think it's yeah, probably exactly. pretty early for them to be putting on their, their, their King's cloak and everything like that. But it is a, a, a more difficult assignment, I think, than, than people are giving it credit for. And anything above a touchdown, I, I just can't get their lay-in with Kansas in that game. Yeah, Duke, 7.8 yards per play. Kansas still allowing over four points per drive. So I think Duke's offense could get some here. And even if they go down – that back door is going to be open for the Dukie. So that's my underdog play. So let's bring up that recap graphic here. We got Thor taking Nevada, catching 24 against Air Force. And then also uh, bonus pick, Hawaii catching, uh, I believe it was around like five against New Mexico State. I haven't looked at that one uh, since yesterday. But then I also have Duke catching eight over Can uh, against Kansas. Anything over a touchdown is good to me. So there's our underdog picks. And Thor, I really appreciate you coming on that uh, philosophical topic uh, with power ratings. That was awesome. Marquee matchup talk with Tennessee, Florida was great. And then, of course, that underdog uh, segment was probably pretty gross, but that's what it's all about here on the early week. So, Thor, I appreciate it, man. Best of luck the rest of the season. Hey, appreciate you, Reed. Good, good being on with you. And there we go. We're going to transition now to the uh, rest of the show with Cody Williams from Fansided. Uh, we're going to talk some midweek action uh, now that college football is doing Thursdays and Fridays again and uh, do some Big Ten talk. Um, 
And then if you have any questions, make sure you're asking them in the chat. We will get some at the end of the show. We'll answer as many questions as possible. So any bets you want to talk about, any bets you have. So we have a handful of bets to get to. Uh, we're going to start with, we call this in the first week, and then they kind of slowed up, but we're back with Thursday and Friday. But the appetizer, kind of getting you ready for the weekend. You know, this Q's team, they're sneaky, sneaky wagon building in Western New York. Everyone's talking about the Buffalo Bills. I'm talking about the Syracuse Orange. Uh, they win that thriller last week against Purdue. Shout out at the Real Otter, uh, who's been blowing up my mentions, telling me that, you know, Garrett Schrader for Heisman, uh, Syracuse is a legit contender in the ACC. And you know what? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to go contender in the ACC, but this team uh, has looked damn good so far. I'm with you on this game. I do like Syracuse, but I'm looking a little bit differently. I'm going to go under 54 and under 55. This has been kind of bouncing around in the 54 range. I like this all the way down to 51 and a half. So if you're not getting uh, 55 or 54, that's okay. Uh, I still like this at 51 and a half. And Virginia, you mentioned Robert and I, uh, offensive coordinator goes from Virginia to Syracuse and Virginia's offense has fallen off a cliff. Fifth in yards per play last year. They're now down to 84th this season with the same elite quarterback and Brennan Armstrong. This is a rebuilt offensive line, and it's just not working. And I think Syracuse's defensive line has been fantastic so far. Third, top third of the country in defensive line yards. They're going to be pass rushing all game long. I think that you're going to see Virginia struggle to break 17 points, maybe 20 points. And on the other side, Virginia's defense has done a good job limiting explosive plays. They're playing really tight games. Um, and Syracuse, they're not running an up-tempo offense. They have a lot of talent, but they're a more methodical offense than expected. So I think they're going to see a lower-than-expected game, something in the range of maybe 27-17, 30-17 Syracuse. I think they get an easy victory here, but I think that the score line is going to be a little bit more um, under expectation here. So give me the under um, in that game. And then, Cody, he likes Syracuse laying the points. So there's our appetizer segment uh, like I just said, Cody laying 10 with Syracuse. I'm taking the under 55. And again, I like that down to 51 and a half. So plenty of room to get in um, on the under on the Syracuse Virginia game. Let's transition though, because if you could see behind me, I got the Wisconsin helmet. We're not gonna be talking about my badges because I think they're in a lot of trouble against Ohio State, but we are looking the same place though. So early game here in Ann Arbor, Michigan versus Maryland, uh, big 10 play again, sorry for about half the conference this week. Michigan, to me, this is a top five team. They went to J.J. McCarthy, and while they haven't been tested just yet, uh, they played Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn, probably three of the like worst 15 teams in the country. I still think Michigan rolls here at home. I mean, Maryland under Mike Loxley against top 10 teams, one in five against the spread, and he's lost by an average margin of 36.8 points. This is a Maryland team that likes to beat up on poor competition, and they have a lot of talent there. But when it's time to play against the big boys in the Big Ten, the Ohio States, the Michigans, they get they get blown out um, off the field. So I like Michigan laying – it's dropped down to 16. I still like it at 16. I like this – I project this for Michigan minus 19. So I like this with room to go. So, again, like I said, Maryland doesn't really hold up against elite competition. I think Michigan at home with J.J. McCarthy. I think this offense wants the hum. That's why they went to McCarthy. Now Cade McNamara shirt. This is J.J. McCarthy's offense, and – I think you're going to want to see Michigan really run it up here, really make a statement that, hey, we plan on being 11-0 going into that Ohio State game and setting up a potential Big Ten light game in the uh, after Thanksgiving. So me and Cody are both laying the 16 with uh, Michigan. And then we'll stick with the Big Ten talk as uh, we wait for Cody to come in. I'll give him a bonus pick. I was going to give it on best of the rest, uh, but I guess I'll talk about it because it is Big Ten-esque. Uh, I'm going to take Rutgers 
over a touchdown against Iowa. This total has dropped like an anchor. I'm going to go, the total is at 34 and a half now. Rutgers, uh, New Jersey's football team. I just think that how are we trusting Iowa to win with margin on the road, no less against a Big Ten opponent. I don't trust uh, Spencer Petrus whatsoever. And Rutgers defense, especially on uh, in the ground game, has been successful this year. And I think that they could really hold up nicely and force Spencer Petrus to make plays that he, I don't think he's capable of making. So to me, Iowa is um, – they're set for a down year this year. And I like Rutgers to at least keep this close and maybe even be live for an upset. I just don't trust – this Iowa team and Cody's back. Let's try this again here. We got him. Am I here? Am I clear? I think you're here and clear. One more time. Here, clear, and ready to go. Okay, I think you're here. So let's try it again. So I was talking about how Maryland, and I think you were hinting on this too, but Maryland they beat up on the lower level teams, and they're kind of a, a kind of a fraudulent team in my opinion, especially when they play up against their competition. So. As an underdog, you don't think Maryland can hang? I don't. We saw it last year. Uh, their best win, as they started, yeah, and that, that was the closest margin of victory that they had over that span. And then they played Iowa, which was a great offensive team. And then they played Ohio State. And they lost by a combined margin of 86 points. This will yeah. people at the beginning of the year. And I understand that Michigan has not been tested. Like, they had some college football to start the year but at the same time they also have taken their foot off the gas tremendously like two quarters mm. in a game and he's looked phenomenal when he has touched the field i don't, I don't think maryland has a team i think michigan's the best chance has the best chance of any team they play to stop them defensively underrated because of what they lost last year but i think they just replaced it because that's what jim harbaugh does and i, I think this time honestly like i don't have numbers like i don't run numbers this is just you know basing off of epa and i would i would bet this up to 23.5 honestly okay yeah no i mean listen you also have talia tagovloa who incredibly talented but he also plays himself into a lot of mistakes he throws a lot of interceptable passes like if michigan's gonna get out to a hot start build like a 14 nothing first quarter lead this could go sideways very very quickly for a maryland team that while talented, I just don't trust them against the elite of the Big Ten. So I'm totally with you here. So let's bring up that recap graphic again, even though me and Cody are looking the same place here in Ann Arbor. And I gave out a bonus pick while uh, we were queuing up uh, Cody's mic. So we're both on Michigan, laying 16. Uh, we both like this quite a bit. I'm also on Rutgers plus seven and a half, a little bonus Big Ten action. Um, if you want to watch your if you want your eyes to bleed out, you could go throw that game on. Uh, Rutgers, Iowa, would total like 35 and a half. I mean, that's like 1920s football for you. But we're now going to move to our prime time segment. So one of the games a little later in the night, you know, you're getting maybe a little, you know, glass of whiskey sitting in for the night. And Cody, you're looking at one of the top teams in the country for your prime time play. Yeah, I'm looking at Alabama and they're playing Vanderbilt this week. Who Vanderbilt three and one already on the season win total for the season already. Before we get talked. Anchor down, baby. Love to see it. Now, uh, so, I mean, Alabama's going to score in this game. They always, beat up on Vanderbilt. That's what they do. Shown anything that makes me think that they're going to, you know, stop it. That's not the reason they're three and one to start the season. Uh, Northern Illinois and Elon. So I don't think that they're going to have many answers for Bryce Young. But the has been that they have found some stuff offensively. Like they've had two quarterbacks play Mike Wright and Alan. I'm blanking on the second quarterback's name. Regardless, of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they. Uh, 
they've both been able to score, and they have a good run game. They have talented wide receivers. Will Shepard is who I was thinking of, wide receiver. Touchdowns through four, four games already. He's balling out. And granted, it's against inferior competition, but I think what's going to get us in this game is the fact that Vanderbilt's going to be able to contribute. Van, like that's what's happened in these games, winning you know fifty six to nothing. But I think Vanderbilt's actually going to be able to put points on the board in this game. I mean, I think that is factoring in that we're looking at old Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt is improving even if they're not ready to compete. Yeah, I think what you need ten. 13 points from Vanderbilt. You need maybe one touchdown to probably aid getting this total over. So I can't hate the look here with Alabama. I mean, listen, we, we know Alabama is going to roll, but it's can they put up enough points in the process and get Cody a winner. So I don't hate that look. Uh, I might hate this look though. And I, so last week, my like most confident pick, I was so, so ready. I had the spot circled. We did like a social graphic about it. It was Fresno catching. Basically, any number under the sun. I thought that they had a chance to win the game outright. And uh, they ended up getting smoked by USC. But I'm putting on my makeup, my clown makeup. Let's get it going. I'm going back to the well with Oregon State. I'm going to take them getting points. It's currently six and a half. So I'm waiting. I'm going to hope that this gets to seven. If not, I will take it at six and a half. I think USC is maybe not. No, their offense is legit. They are a top three offense. But their defense is absolutely terrible. I watched that entire Fresno State game. They stopped Fresno on a a third and goal from the five, and Fresno opted to kick. Not a good idea. But Fresno had the ball coming out of half, down 11, uh, at midfield. Starting quarterback Jake Hayner suffers a serious leg injury. I believe it's now diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. Goes out for the game, and that was kind of it for me. You know, they were down 11, nothing happens. But even with their backup in, they were still going up and down the field on USC. This defense is terrible. And while the offense is fantastic, I'll take a team at home, under the lights, a team that has a lot of momentum that beat Fresno State, that beat Boise State in Oregon State to hang with this team. I mean, just some numbers here, but USC's defense, 106 in yards per play allowed, 96 in explosive rush D this season. Oregon State, I mean, they could they like to run the ball, and they could run the ball damn well. So I think you're going to see the Beavers hang here. Same handicap as last week. I think that someone could go toe-to-toe with USC, and on the wrong night, this team could get beat. So wait for seven. But I will take six and a half if that doesn't appear. Even six, I will still take. I make USC about a four-point favor in this game. So while Caleb Williams and everyone is fantastic, USC is now out to like an 11, plus 11 turnover margin. They have not turned the ball over this year. I mean, when is the, when is the luck going to run out for this team? When is someone going to be able to challenge them and you know stay healthy and uh, execute in the red zone? I think it's Oregon State who can win on the ground. So I'm staying away from this game smart move but no I trust me i'm gonna be i'm gonna be broke by the end of the season fading usc i'm telling you it's gonna be miserable but someone's gotta do it well i was gonna say i lean to your side though if i'm gonna have a lean in this game i lean but you're right usc's defense has not been challenged and the one reason why they had any modicum of when they were able to get pressure and oregon state's offensive line is really good they have front pretty handily and I would say Boise State has a better defensive front than USC does. I think USC is going to be able to get pressure, so I think Oregon State is going to be able to move the ball. The one, the way is kind of what you alluded to from the Fresno game when they got you know into a goal to go situation. I'm worried that Jonathan Smith might get too conservative, and you can't get conservative against this. Yeah, I don't think it's luck what this USC offense is doing. I think no, that no, I you're just, you have. You know, I think it 
could come down to a coaching mistake, and that could really cost you the cover in this game. You, you know, to get you kick two field goals against USC and they win by eight. Yeah, something and you mentioned that. You mentioned that against Fresno State, Jonathan Smith untimed down, down three, goes for the win. At the goal line, he goes, hey, screw it. We're not going overtime. We're going for the win. So, like you said, that he might be hyper, hyper aggressive in this game and really try to, you know, punch USC in the mouth, something that has not happened this season. So, uh, I'm taking Oregon State. Whatever. If they, if I just lose all my money on USC, it's cool. Uh, so let's bring up that recap graphic, and then we'll get to some best of the rest. I'll power uh, through these. But uh, Cody's going with the over 59.5 in Vanderbilt, Alabama. I uh, read the clown. We'll be taking Oregon State catching 6.5 against USC. Wait for seven. If it doesn't appear, take the six and a half. I still like it, but I, I wonder if there's some USC money coming in. Uh, before we get to office hours, and if you have any questions, make sure you put them in the chat. We'll get to them in a sec. Cody, I got three more bets to just throw in here really quick. I'm going to go rapid fire. Uh, TCU minus one against SMU. Uh, TCU, of course, has Sonny Dykes, the former SMU head coach. He recruited that entire team. He knows everything there is to know about SMU. I think that coming off a of bye, especially, he's going to have this team ready to go. And one of the reasons why I bet TCU to win the Big 12 in their over win total is their defensive coordinator, Joe Gillespie, comes from Tulsa. He helped anchor two straight Tulsa wins over SMU. So I think that he has the goods uh, to scheme it up here, especially coming off a of bye. SMU just played at Maryland, kind of a tough spot for them. I know they're going to try and get hyped, but uh, I think TCU is the better team. I make them uh, over a field goal favorite. So TCU at anything uh, like minus 120, minus 125, that works for me. Next, I had Clemson laying seven against Wake Forest. Uh, last year they played and, you know, Clemson was a mess and Wake Forest had a lot of hype. I bet on Wake Forest in that game. Uh, I was a fool there. Clemson smoked him by 21. Wake Forest was lucky to beat Liberty. They cannot run the ball this year. They're bottom five in almost every rushing statistic there is. Clemson's defensive line is going to win. Uh, it's going to force Sam Hartman to make plays that he's just not going to be capable of making against this Clemson defense. I know it's not that great betting on a DJ Gungalale to make plays, but I like Clemson laying the points. I think they blow out Wake Forest. I think they win comfortably. And then last one, little money line parlay. I took two favorites. I like Auburn and San Jose State. Really quick, Auburn. I know they lost to Penn State, but the scoreline was a little bit more lopsided than expected. Uh, only about like a 100, 150 yard difference in uh, total yards there. Auburn just had too many turnovers, but I think they're going to attack on the ground with Tank Bigsby and uh, Ashford, the kind of switch uh, Swiss Army knife quarterback. I think Auburn just kind of beats up on Missouri, takes their frustrations out. And I'll put it with San Jose State. I think Western Michigan's terrible. Their only win this year, they beat a terrible Ball State team, and they were actually outgained by more than a yard per play in that game. San Jose State off a bye at home. Uh, not the best travel spot for Western Michigan either. So that pays about like minus 115. So I like those two favorites. Uh, Cody, any other bets that you want to shout out uh, before we get to some questions? The big one that I'm looking at is Georgia first half, minus 28 and a half. half. Um, I hate the 28 to get, but I'm willing, to, I'm willing to lay it against Kent State. Kent State is terrible. Uh, they all over them in Washington. I mean, we've realized now that Washington's good, but at the same time, Georgia's offense, and I don't think Kent State can get anything going going offensively against this Georgia defense. So and probably going, going to be in a position where they're going to be able to take their foot off the gas in the second half. So that's why I like the first half. Uh, and then the other one, this might be slightly biased because I am uh, North Carolina, you know, uh, but I like UNC minus one and a half over Notre Dame. Okay. 
I don't think that I do not think of capabilities to keep up with Drake May and what he's shown. He has 11 touchdowns, one interception, and a rate this season. He is the real deal. He is the good. Just because it's his first year starting, I don't care. It is a problematic team, and their defense is problematic. But at the same time, it does game has played pretty bad defenses and still not been able to put points on the board. So I yeah. North Carolina. I, I think you make an excellent point there. I had Notre Dame last week. It was another play I gave on the show. It wasn't the best show, uh, week for the show last week, but I, I thought Notre Dame was the side. And I just, I can't, and, you know, I see Jerry Friedman in the comments. He was asking about that game. So I was going to bring it up, but you, you know, you did you did my work for me. You brought it up yourself. So I, I don't have a side on this because UNC's defense is a bit concerning. And I'm afraid that that's going to wake up this Notre Dame offense, but uh, Ply looks terrible. He looked completely in over his head. Maybe another game gets him going a little bit. So I'm a little nervous. The line sitting like around a pick either way, you know, minus one, one way. I, I don't have a strong opinion. I think I need to, you know, stay off of this one for like my own sanity after watching Notre Dame last week, but I can't fall off the play. I really can't, especially North Carolina off a of bye. Great points about Drake May. I think that UNC, if they start to put it together on the defensive side of the ball, maybe live in the ACC, uh, the Coastal Division, maybe, especially with like Miami might not be, you know, as strong as expected. Pittsburgh, I think, is a little bit of a vulnerable team in the ACC. So I don't hate those looks, but uh, great stuff from Cody. Let's get to some questions, though. Uh, Jerry Friedman, big uh, big comments this week, so we're going to get to some of his. But uh, he talks about this game, and I'm interested in this game, too, and interested to hear about your thoughts, Cody. Michigan State, can they rebound as a live home dog? So – Here's Michigan State was going to be my Big Ten bet. The issue is I need to wait and see the status of Jaden Reed um, on the offensive side of the ball. They Michigan State was cooked by the time that game started. You know, without Reed, it's Peyton Thorne's favorite target. I just I need to see the injury report. And Mel Tucker is incredibly cagey when it comes to injury reports. So I need to wait and see what the status is. I do. It it sucks because I really like Minnesota this year. I'm on their over win total, and I was hoping to bet them at. You know, I wrote in my notes like, can I get Minnesota like plus two, maybe like at a field goal and then like take them as a dog as a road favorite. And while Minnesota's destroyed everybody, uh, they really haven't played anybody just yet. They played, um, now I'm going to draw a blank on the third, but they played New Mexico state, Colorado, and I'm forgetting the third, but that just says it all Michigan state. This is a team that thrived as an underdog last year. I think that this is a little bit of an overreaction. If we get a good injury report, I'm going to be on Sparty at home. I think that they do bounce back. Any thoughts there, Cody? Uh, so I would Minnesota, but I'm probably staying with the Jaden Reed injury report because of Chris Bell being out for the season. With uh, he got mm-hmm. injured last. Week. Um, I just worry the passing offense from Minnesota is going to look like without him. I think that has you know given us the Minnesota team that we saw a few years ago when they were you know threatening to win the Big Ten West. It's a revival, even if it has been against bad competition, and with the way. Michigan Michigan State's defense looked last week. Don't feel comfortable, you know, taking any side with Michigan State right now with the way that defense looked against. Yeah, to me, this is this is dog or pass here. I really, you know, you mentioned the Autumn Bell injury, and he's a stud. I do think Minnesota is much better, but this is like a really, really big overreaction here. I think that you know, at most, make this like a pick. But I do agree, though, if Michigan State can be banged up still. I agree, Minnesota is very likely to win, but I'm not laying points on the road like that, especially you know, Big Ten. You never know what could happen. So one more question here, again from Jerry. 
Uh, talking about Arkansas Texas A&M, one of the more I, I bigger games on the card. Uh, I lean Arkansas. I'm still not impressed with A&M. I think that their offense is so, is so terrible. Uh, we were talking about that on last week's show before they played Miami. I had the under just, just perfect. That was like easy, easy, easy. The defense is legit. The offense has problems. But Arkansas secondary really banged up. Uh, Catalan's out for the year. I do kind of like Arkansas, though, in their way. They can match the physicality of Texas A&M, something that Miami could not do. You know, Tyler Van Dyke was running for his life. K.J. Jefferson's a much different type of quarterback. He's going to run downhill, and he's going to take off. Built like a linebacker. I kind of like Arkansas in the game. I'm gonna. I'm not rushing to bet it, though. I'm going to see maybe a three pops, I believe. Market is like minus two right now. I'm going to bring that up as I'm talking. But I think Arkansas, probably the side – no interest in the total, but I'm also kind of cool staying away from this one if it sits in like this dead number of two. It's on a neutral field, mind you. This this is not uh, in College Station, North Fayetteville. This is on a neutral field. I believe it's in Jerry World, uh, in Cowboy Stadium. Yeah, it's, it's in Jerry World. Jerry Jones, famous Arkansas alum, going to be in attendance most likely. So, you know, enough to fade the Hawks. But, no, actually, I do, um, I do lean towards Arkansas in this game. You know, I think... I think the line is actually an overreaction to Missouri State, you know, putting a little, little scare. I mean, there were so many factors in that game. A, it's the Bobby Petrino return to Fayetteville. And that for all of Bobby Petrino's faults, the man knows how to coach an offense. And he's yeah. going up against a program you're with. So when he, he kept on script for, you know, two and a half, three quarters, that their offensive script for that entire time against the bank up Arkansas defense and on this south probably sacrilegious in some sex of you know college football but I trust Missouri to do Texas A&M's offense right now listen I don't think you're crazy like that's where I'm I don't think you're crazy. <laughs> I mean listen A&M makes it makes a quarterback change they try to revive the offense and it didn't it wasn't anything I mean I I agree with you I mean I made this game like I think like around a pick on a neutral you know maybe a little bit shade towards A&M so like I, I, again, this is Arkansas or nothing for me, but I'm, again, it's not one I'm like dying to get involved with because, you know, again, Arkansas is a little banged up, maybe wait for an injury report. Um, if a three pops, I'm probably going to have to get involved on in Arkansas. That's just too many points. But um, I totally agree with you. I mean, A&M's offensive play calling is abysmal. But on that note, one on a happy note, uh, Cody, I appreciate you coming on, battling through some audio issues, but we still killed it. We got through a bunch of games. We hit everything. So I appreciate you for coming on. Big shout out to Thor Nysham, our prior guest, for coming on. Big shout out to Joanne Woodcock, our great producer and director behind the scenes. And while you're here, make sure you go like and subscribe to the Betside YouTube channel. Uh, we do some great work. We have daily bet slip every day. Green on the Greens is back this week. Cody will be on that one as well. So make sure you check out all that great stuff by subscribing to the Betside YouTube channel. And until then, make, or make sure you're following me on Betstamp at RW33 for more plays. And until then, we will see you next Tuesday for College Football Week 5. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.